This is the Begin Within Podcast, where we believe real, lasting health and fitness requires you to start inside before you work out. I'm your host, Nate Slegger, and I'm here to show you behind the scenes of fitness. You already know exercise is good for you, but what about all the other things in life that affect your fitness? If you're looking for extra motivation to get started or to make sure you keep going, this is the place for you. Produced by BeginWithin.fit If you are working on getting healthier, losing weight, improving your fitness, whatever it is, but you have this feeling that you should be getting better results... You're just not sure what you might be doing wrong. Well, I want to tell you, you are not alone. And that is the very reason why I wrote my latest book, Five Ways You're Wrecking Your Weight Loss, so that you can take a look at five of the most common reasons I see that people aren't getting the results that they deserve for all their hard work. Just five really quick fixes that can get you headed toward the results that you want. Check it out. You can download it by going to beginwithin.fit, clicking on the ebook button, or clicking on the link in the show notes. Check out my book. Let me know what you think. My guest today is Martha Lewis. She is asleep and nutrition expert. She helps her clients get to the root cause of their insomnia. And she goes beyond the basic sleep advice that you read about everywhere. And she addresses what's happening in the body that is affecting sleep. We are going to talk about sleep today. And I hope so much that it helps you to get better sleep tonight. Here are a few of the things that we're going to talk about that I want you to listen closely for. Uh, We're going to use the phrase sleep hygiene a couple of times. So listen closely for the basics when it comes to good sleep hygiene. We're also going to talk about how alcohol can affect your sleep. Sometimes we think of it as uh, an aid to relaxing and then falling asleep, but is it really helping us to get better rest? We're going to talk about that. Uh, We are also going to talk about how you can know if you're getting good sleep and then finally what to do if you are lying awake at night trying to sleep wishing you could sleep not sure how to get yourself to fall asleep we'll talk about that i hope you enjoy this interview here it is my interview with martha lewis Well, it started with my own sleep struggles. I, for most of my life, loved sleep and slept like a baby. And then in late pregnancy, I couldn't sleep anymore, which I figured was just hormones. Um, But it didn't go away even after my son was born, even after he was sleeping through the night, even after I'd become a pediatric sleep consultant to help Mm -hmm. parents with their baby sleep. So I still wasn't sleeping and... For me, it looked like I would try to go to bed early because I was so tired, but it would take me forever to fall asleep. And then I would wake up at three or four in the morning and not be able to go back to sleep until six, which was when my son was waking up. So 
I was pretty miserable and I also felt like a fraud because here I am like helping parents with their baby sleep and I'm not sleeping. So that's how I became passionate about this. And, um, and so how I learned more about it is luckily who I trained with for pediatric sleep also offered an adult sleep certification. So I okay. took that and learned a lot of the basics about good habits around sleep and what we call sleep hygiene and a little bit about, you know, diet and how alcohol affects sleep and all those things. And that worked for a while, but then I went through a stressful period and my sleep deteriorated again and all those things didn't work. And so <laughs> luckily I had a background in nutrition. I've been in the health and wellness space for a long time. And so I learned about a certification called functional diagnostic nutrition that taught me how to run lab tests looking at how different parts of the body are working, interpret those and give recommendations based on the results. And so I found out that I had a parasite. I had, wow. yeah, I had hormone imbalance. I had like excess copper built up on my body. I had lots of different imbalances that were causing my sleep issues. And so I was able to correct those and sleep great. So now I'm super passionate about helping other people because if you can't sleep, you read the same sleep advice everywhere. And it's so frustrating. Like, mm. like my room is dark and cold and I have a bedtime routine and I'm not watching TV. And it's like so frustrating that there's no other advice out there. So I really want to bring awareness about their actual physical reasons why you can't sleep. And it's not just in your head and because you're watching Netflix at night. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. My first thought is... Um, when you think about sleep so much, does that cause problems with sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think about that. I mean, you know, I don't sleep perfectly all the time because no one does. But right. sometimes I'm like, I wonder if I didn't do this, if I wouldn't even think about it as much. And, but yeah, for the most part, it's not an issue. So, <laughs> wow. Well, let's, man, this, this, I, I know it's one of the questions I, I mentioned that we might talk about, but, um, and maybe it goes without saying why, why is sleep so important? Maybe, maybe this, like, why, why is it becoming such a problem? Do you mind touching on that? Like, I do feel like there's more and more people having trouble with it. What, what's your opinion on that? Why do you think so many of us aren't sleeping well? Yeah. I mean, I think it has so much to do with our modern lifestyle and, but that has so many components to it. But if you think about it, like, I mean, people 200 years ago, insomnia wasn't really a thing as far as we know. And think of how much has changed in 200 years. Like the light bulb was invented. <laughs> Cars were invented. Our whole food system has changed. Like so much has changed and we're so busy all the time and we're exposed to so many toxins all the time. So I think it's just this extra stress coming from everywhere, mental stress and physical stress that's leading to us not being able to sleep normally hmm. is I, I, that makes a lot of sense. And I, uh, as, as you were saying that I was thinking that there's, there's certain physical symptoms of a buildup of toxins, stress that, you know, the longer it lasts, the more it builds up within us, the more progressed different symptoms get. Now things start popping up that weren't there before. And my, I got curious, where, where do you, where's sleep in that kind of cascade of, of 
of stress and toxins, where does it first show up? Like, is that one of the first things that all of a sudden, you know, I have a toxin toxin buildup or too much stress and sleep is one of the first cues, the first signals, like got something going on that I need to fix or does it come, come later down the line or does it depend? Yeah, it's a great question and it's different for everyone. So, cause you know, we're all exposed to some of the same stressors, but someone who has the exact same imbalances in their body might have insomnia and other people don't, they have other symptoms. So it's based on our genetics, on our own bodies, um, as to what symptoms are going to show up first. So I think stress can lead to so many different health issues and it's just going to be different for everyone. Like what part of the body breaks down first. Okay. Gotcha. So, Hmm. I, I love, I, first of all, I love talking about sleep. I, there's a book, Matthew Walker, I think is the author why we sleep that just like blew my mind. So now I have all kinds of questions now that we're finally sitting down together. Um, one, one thing you already touched on that I would love to talk a little bit about, and that is alcohol. I don't know if I gave you a heads up on that one. Do you mind talking about how alcohol affects sleep a little bit? No. Because I, I feel yeah, like- for me, when I, when I was started learning about that is when I, like, it was a huge light bulb moment that I never considered because I feel like if anything, more like anecdotally anyway, people's alcohol helps you sleep. NyQuil helps you sleep. Like, but that's not, it's not the case. Can you tell us why? Well, yeah. So it can help you fall asleep faster because it kind of sedates you. But as a lot of people experience it, it disturbs your sleep later on. And so a lot of that has to do with, with your liver's most active in the middle of the night. And we're usually drinking before bed. So we're detoxifying that alcohol in the middle of the night. And if the liver can't handle that, if, if it has too much of a burden already, then those toxins circulate around causing all this inflammation, causing your body to release cortisol, which, which wakes you up. Now, alcohol also affects like your, the sleep stages and how much time we spend in the sleep stages. So for example, it increases our, no, it decreases our REM sleep at the beginning of the night, but then the, our bodies try to make up for it later. So it increases REM sleep toward the end of the night and REM is that dream state, that more restless state. So that's why we tend to sleep more restlessly toward the morning after drinking as well. Hmm. So yeah, it definitely, yeah. I just listened to, I don't know if you've heard of Huberman podcast, Dan Huberman. He's a neurologist. He, he does like a two and a half hour episode about alcohol and how it affects the brain. And he talks about it with sleep. Like it's impacting the quality of your sleep, whether you know it or not pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, let me ask this. What are some of the other common things that you see that are having an impact that people don't maybe necessarily think of um, right away? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of us know that alcohol affects sleep. So I like that you're asking like, but we're not as aware of how like having a parasite, like I talked about, I did can impact sleep. Um, and different hormone imbalances can impact sleep. So if we're deficient in estrogen or progesterone or have too much testosterone, and this is for men and women, um, or too much estrogen, 
um, you know, that's definitely going to affect sleep. Um, again, like back to the liver and alcohol, but any kind of liver detox issues like that can cause people to wake up in the middle of the night. So there are a lot of those physical imbalances that we don't realize. And even doctors in the medical system don't realize how these are connected to sleep. Okay. Um, how, well, how about this? How do we know if we're getting good sleep? <laughs> what are, how, what are the, what are the signs that, that things are okay? And it's not necessarily something that needs to be a concern for somebody. Yeah. I mean, I think it's most important how you feel the next day. Like ideally we should fall asleep pretty quickly within five to 10 minutes. We should stay asleep all night. Or if we, I mean, it's normal as we transition from one sleep cycle to the next to have what's called a partial arousal where this is when you change positions in bed or, you know, I get up and go to the bathroom every night, once a night, go back to bed, fall asleep quickly, and then wake up feeling rested. Like that's really it. Okay. People can track their sleep and do all those kinds of things, but I think it's more important how you actually feel. Yeah. Hmm. How do you feel about sleep trackers in, in general? I, I feel like when they first started, we were all crazy about them. And I know for my wife, she's like, if I, if I'm using it, it makes me too worried about sleep. And then I don't sleep that well. Um, I don't, I never really got, I liked it as it was sort of interesting, but what, what's your take on it? Do you recommend people use them or not? I don't, for my clients who have trouble sleeping, I don't recommend them because it tends to add more anxiety about sleep. Like they already know they aren't sleeping well. They don't need a tracker to tell them that maybe they even were getting less sleep than they thought they were or, (laughs) (laughs) you know, something like that. So I think it's also how it makes you feel like some people can use it and they like the data and it's interesting to them and it doesn't, but it, yeah. But if it causes anxiety about sleep, then it's not helpful. So And, you know, a lot of them, I mean, none of them are hundred percent accurate. So there's also that you you don't know for sure still what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I have to imagine for the average person, you see it, you see the data and like, well, there it is. Like, it's kind of like, what, what do I do about it? I don't, I'm not really sure how to improve it anyway. So now that I know it's not good, what, what should I do? Um, what, I guess. Uh, what if someone's not sleeping and maybe they listen to this podcast right now, not sleeping. Um, what would you recommend? What what can we do? I guess if, if we're having that, like we're laying in bed awake at night or we wake up and we're, we're, we want to get back to sleep, but we're having trouble. Is there like a, is there a little checklist you have or a quick, a quick fix for us? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> if so, you don't, that's okay too. I mean, is it a quick Period. fix? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I usually recommend that people get out of bed. So instead of lying there tossing and turning for hours, if you think you've been awake for 20 to 30 minutes, and I don't recommend looking at a clock because that's also tends to cause a lot of anxiety. Yeah. It's never a good time, no matter what time it is. That So if you think it's been 20 or 30 minutes that you get out of bed, and this is hard to do, I get it, because, right, we're comfortable in bed, we're worried it's going to wake us up more. But if you actually get out of bed, leave the room, go to 
another room, leave the lights dim. You don't want to watch TV or scroll on your phone because the blue light is not good for us. It's going to wake us up even more, but you want to do something relaxing. So for me, I used to read, um, or you could stretch or you could listen to a meditation. If you're stressed about something, it can help to like journal and get that all out and then do something relaxing. And then when you feel sleepy again, then go back to bed. And because we want our brains to have the strong association that bed equals sleep. And for people who struggle to sleep, they've lost that association. And now the brain's like, oh, this is where I lie awake, you know, feeling anxious and (laughs) tossing and turning and being stressed out. So yeah, so this helps create that strong association again, that bed equals sleep. And again, like this can be hard at first and it might be the first few nights you're up and down a few times, but eventually your brain's going to get it. And I found that for myself and many of my clients, we, we, you, you end up getting more sleep because you fall back asleep a lot faster that way. Got it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I feel it's interesting, right? The harder you try to sleep, the less likely it's going to be to work. Hmm. Yeah. Are there any other, I know you mentioned blue light. There any other, I guess, uh, I don't want to say rules, but I'm curious, like, maybe you use sleep hygiene earlier like are there any other aspects of that that um you really are like hardcore on like hey if you want to get better sleep this is the ticket um what do you have for us there martha yeah i mean all the sleep hygiene is important i also think it's not the only thing that's going to work if you have something more going on but yes like having a bedtime routine taking time to unwind before bed is really important making sure your room is cool and it's dark and, you know, there aren't loud noises and you're on a comfortable mattress and all of those things. Like that's important as well. Um, You know, they always talk about not watching screens before bed. And I kind of joke like, yes, that's important and it affects the quality of your sleep, but millions of people watch TV before bed every night and sleep just fine. So I'm always like, So, you know, but I do think that it can help to follow a lot of these rules. If you're having trouble sleeping, that's definitely the place to start. And that can help some people. But if those things don't work, then there is something more going on. There's something in your body that's out of whack that's keeping you awake. So not watching Netflix isn't really going to help. Interesting. I like that. I like it because I watch Netflix. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do too most of the time. (laughs) <laughs> what what would be and I know this might be putting you on the spot a little bit but I'm I'm curious from the pers- from your perspective what is maybe the might be the biggest thing that you see people not doing that would make a difference in their sleep if it's something with sleep hygiene or just and I'm just thinking of something easy that that I could do right now maybe something you mentioned already I don't know. Well, I mean, something I haven't talked about yet is diet and how important that is. And this okay, is one of do it. the first yeah. things I recommend for anyone with any kind of sleep issues or health issues, but is to go on an anti-inflammatory diet. Okay. So, cause I think a lot of, you know, we talk about 
um, insomnia being from stress and also inflammation, like inflammation in the body, your body releases cortisol. It's a stressor, you know, in the body. So reducing that inflammation is really important. And one of the main sources of inflammation is our diet. So that's gluten, dairy, refined sugar, um, processed foods, of course, and refined oils and alcohol is another one, which we already Mm -hmm. talked about. So yeah, just by eliminating those common and, you know, a lot of people are sensitive to gluten and dairy and have no idea, but they also create a lot of inflammation in the body. So eliminating those foods can really go a long way in reducing that inflammation, which will help you sleep better. Awesome. That's, that's great. That's super helpful. I, I'm trying to remember too, where I read it. Well, I guess if you're on that, if you're practicing the anti-inflammatory diet, you'd already have covered the carbs, carbs before bed. Um, that was kind of a big eye opener for me when I was like, Oh, I never thought about it, that there seems to be a connection between having that close to bedtime, that macronutrient in particular, how the body's digesting it and it keeping you from having a, a good night's sleep. Have, have you found that to be true? Um, of not having carbs, you mean? Yeah. Lower carbohydrates before bed in particular. Yeah. Well, I think it's all about balance of the macronutrients and for each person that's going to be different. So, cause I've actually found like people who were having no carbs that can affect their sleep because there's actually, when you eat carbs and your body releases insulin, that actually clears the tryptophan receptors in your brain. So carbs can help you sleep better, but when it's balanced with fat and protein. Okay. So, yeah. So you don't want, yeah, like high, you know, high carbs, refined carbohydrates before bed, but some carbs can be helpful and it's different than everyone. What percentage that should be. Okay. Interesting. Wow. You know a lot more about sleep than we could talk about in a 20 minute interview. <laughs> I can tell that. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. Thank you for sharing so much of that with us. Um, I am curious now, and this is another one of those, like, what's the best? What's the first? Um, if someone's listening, they're like, I want to start getting better sleep. Um, what might be the best first step that you'd recommend for them to take to begin to do that? So the best first step is definitely to follow all the sleep rules. Okay. It's like, try, try those things. That doesn't work. Follow anti-inflammatory diet, focus on liver health. I kind of, I have this freebie people can sign up for where I list my five things that you can start doing today to get better. And so it's, you know, things like that, diet, liver health, gut health. And then if those things aren't working, then it's time to test. And so that's like what I'm looking at is doing these tests to find out what's going on in your body. Cause if those other things aren't working, there is something deeper going on. Nice. What, how do we get the freebie? How do you, how do people connect with you and, and follow your work? Yeah. So my website is the complete sleep solution.com and I'm on social media's complete sleep solution. And I have a podcast called the insomnia fix. Okay. Awesome. We'll link to those for sure. So that people can follow follow your work. Martha Lewis, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks, Nate, for having me and all your fun questions.
the link to Martha's website as well as the What's Causing Your Insomnia checklist is waiting for you in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, there's a couple of others that I would send you back to that I think that you'll also enjoy where we dealt with the topic of sleep, among other things. But you could go back to episode number 33, all the way back there. One of my interviews with a good friend of the show, show uh, Bijou Sukumaran. Uh, there we talked about the simple steps to becoming a morning person. Episode 33, go there, check that out. And then also my interview with Tony Winyard. That was episode 39. We talked about how to create new habits, but he focuses on habits that affect our sleep. So go check out those episodes. I want to thank Martha Lewis so much for being on the show this week and for helping us out with so many aspects of our sleep. What's going on when we can't sleep? Ideas for good hygiene how to know if we're getting good sleep, and of course what to do if we're laying awake at night. Um, I want to invite you to just focus on one thing in our conversation. And we talked a lot about sleep, and you know, I kind of teased her, but one of the things that I found is the more you focus on trying to sleep, the harder it is sometimes to sleep. So we all want our sleep to just come easy to just come naturally. And so much of it has to do with our routine, with our habits. So what I want to encourage you to do is just pick out one thing from the conversation that we had and add it into your life tonight. The next time that that you're getting ready for sleep, the next time you're going to sleep, or if unfortunately for some reason you notice yourself lying awake at night, just grab one of the things that we talked about and do it. Practice it. See how it works for you. I want to thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of this episode with me. I appreciate you so much for your time and for your attention. And if you would, please take a screenshot of yourself listening to this episode. Tag me at Nate Slager on Instagram. And let's start a conversation about sleep and about wellness. Let me know what you're enjoying about the show. If you haven't done so already, please rate and review the show in your podcast player and share an episode with someone that you care about, maybe someone that you know could use better sleep. Uh, Please share it with them so that they can benefit as well. Thanks once again for being here with me. I appreciate you so much for listening to the Begin Within podcast.